Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is happening out there? My name is Curtis. On the air with me, finally back after a week-long absence, the D. Dustin, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm waking up, just like always, right? But this time here, it's like 9.30 a.m., so I'm on a different schedule. Still Which, annoying. by the way, Dustin's in Japan right now. He's also f- did not pack his <laughs> microphone stand, so it looks like he's rapping <laughs> while the rest of us are just hey, on the so air. True. It is 9.30 a.m. Why would you not be rapping, right? That'd be like fair great point. morning exercise. Fair you know? point, fair point. A great warm-up to being on a broadcast. Also on the air with us is our producer, Cameron. How are you, sir? Oh, very good, man. How about you? I'm very good. You know, I'm the the one who's not a jet setter this week. Cameron, you went to Vegas. Yeah. Dustin's in Japan. Cameron, did you win any money? No, I didn't win any money. Um, Played some pinball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag geek life, right? Um, (laughs) At least you went the cheap route. Exactly. Right. right. Uh, so, Dustin, let's start with you since you've been absent a week. How did, was it Grand Prix Nagoya go? Yes. Yes, sir. How did it go? So, um, Grand Prix Nagoya was different than some of the Grand Prix that I've been to here before. Um, so, I actually went Friday. I usually don't go on Fridays because, you know, it's my day to get settled and everything. But trading was really good on Friday. It was pretty crowded. Um, everybody was out and about doing their thing. Uh, Saturday, I go into the place and I had paid into this tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, er, like early pre-registration was like 45 bucks. Um, so I go up to the guys and I say, well, I just want my stuff and I want to drop, right? I mean, I'm there to trade, but for 45 bucks getting six packs from a sealed tournament, um, a play mat and a promo, you know, the value is just, it's totally there, right? Right. Sure. So... They said, all we have is Japanese packs. I'm like, that's fine, right? So I said, I want the packs. And they said, well, you have to go over there for your playmat. And they say, that's that, right? And I'm like, well, what about the promo? They said, you can't have the promo. And I said, why can't I have the promo? I paid, blah, blah, blah. They said, Uh-oh. the promo is considered a participation promo, right? And I would have to sit down, make a deck list, blah, 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 wait for them to hand it out, and then I'd have to drop afterwards, Right. And it's like, I'm not going through all that, right? So, How much is your it. promo batter skull worth? That's the real question. <laughs> promo batter skull star city price is 30 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was just kind of really annoying, but I didn't want to argue with them, right? So it's like, whatever. Can you argue in Japanese at all? Uh, these guys, I want to say were French or Italian, The some of the judges that were working there. And they huh. were speaking English, but, you know, it's just... You know, it, it's their event. They're running it. You kind of just go and buy their rules, right? I can complain right, all right I want. Right doesn't on. mean they're going to change anything, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, trading was was good. I mean, but the the event was one of these events that we're in this big hall. Things are getting like super busy. People are doing side events. People just keep showing up throughout the day. And the few tables that we had to trade on, they keep saying, "Well, now we're using this for a side event. Now we're using this. We have to move. We have to move. We have to move." And eventually, it got to the point where all those tables filled up, and then they ran out of chairs for the people inside events. So there's like these two tables, and we could only stand to trade, right? Wow. And this is like the most annoying thing to be doing for like six hours. You're standing, you're hunched over, and you're digging through binders, right? Mm-hmm. My feet hurt just like crazy, right? 
Anyway, so Sunday, you know, same routine, go back in there, do everything again. And here's the weird thing. Like almost any Star City event or GP that we go to, Sunday is the day when there's a lot less people. That was Mm -hmm. not the case at this event. There was just as many people Sunday as there was Saturday. And throughout the day, even all the way up until like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., it was just crowded. And what was happening, instead of people walking off, more people were coming to the trade tables. So it was just it was just awesome, right? It, it was like three massive days of trading. And and again, your process was very much bring legacy stuff over and get, to get into <laughs> Japanese standard things. Is that what the plan was? Um, this time was a little bit different. It was legacy and modern stuff because we've seen the giant spike in modern stuff um, in the states, and there's been a giant spike in modern stuff over here. And mm. the difference is during the a lot of the modern era stuff in Japan. A lot of those sets were printed less because there was less players here, right? Right. So it's even harder for them to get some of that stuff. Um, and, yeah, it was just going crazy. Uh, dual lands are worth more here just because they're harder to get. Um, stuff like Time Vault is worth more here. Um, it's just it's amazing the, the kind of stuff that people will trade for and what they're looking for because it's just, you know. That much uh, more rare. Yeah, that much more rare. Huh. Cool. Well, dude, I'm glad I'm glad you had a great trip. It's been a successful one thus far. You're kind of doing, you know, other stuff in Japan for a few more weeks before you come back, right? Right. Sweet. Sweet. So, Cameron, Vegas. Yeah. Well, um Is this where you just tell us it stays thing? in Vegas and then <laughs> it just stays, yeah. <laughs> uh Was this a work well, thing or did you just go for you It know? was totally vacation. My wife and I both love Vegas, so we okay. ended up going to vegas and that's kind of what we do we probably do it completely incorrectly but uh we have a good time doing it anyway um, i would say if you're not losing money in vegas you're doing it right <laughs> okay so i wasn't losing money i guess i was putting money into like pinball machines so yeah that's not that. losing money that's having fun no and then yeah sitting on like you know iowa weather is pretty still it's still pretty cold here in april um mm-hmm. and to just sit in like 90 degree dry heat was amazing like I, that's all I can say. So you went to Vegas for the dry heat, is what you're telling me. For the dry heat, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic, <exactly>. man. <laughs> but um, so it's also the holiday weekend with Easter and everything, and um, I wasn't able with with trip and like family stuff, wasn't able to get to do a Friday night um standard event or anything like that. But I did on Saturday try a new shop up in my mother-in-law's neck of the woods, um, and drafted. And uh, I had a good time drafting. It was an interesting shop. I, I didn't really like how they 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 split out prize packs because it, it I didn't even split out prize packs. They um they take all the rares from you and mm-hmm. then oh. Top, oh, they got, you know first place oh, gets right. the first pick, second place gets second right. pick, and you just keep on rotating through that. Right. We, we've um, been in stores before where they do rare drafting at the end of the night. Dude, there's nothing more frustrating than um, cracking opening a pack, paying mm-hmm. for that. I mean, like, that's money that I paid for for that pack. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, like, I opened up an Afara. I wanted to keep that Afara. I wanted to drop right then and there when I knew that I was not going to be able to keep that Afara. Right. And I didn't get to keep it, which totally. <sighs> can I, totally can I go on a tangent me. about. <laughs> 
this because I've had this discussion many times. and I am so frustrated right now. Well, let me explain this to you, Cameron, because here's the argument you will get, okay? Players will say, it's more fair that way. But here's what it is. First of all, a huge waste of time after the tournament's over. Mm-hmm. You know, usually by the time they've collected that rare and drafted everything, it's another 30 to 45 minutes of your life you can never get back. Um, yep. And secondly, in my, from my perspective, it's a way for good players to take rares away from bad players. Because yeah. whenever you're at a local shop and you're drafting, and there's an eight- or nine-year-old kid, or in this case, Cameron, opens up an Afara, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and maybe this kid, this eight-year-old kid, is going to go 0-3, right? He's, it's his first draft ever, and he's not going to do well. Well, you know what? Let him have his mythic rare that he opened mm-hmm. as a way for him to enjoy this draft. I just think it's... And I, also, completely not the way that they do it at any competitive level of Magic. You draft no. those cards. You keep those cards, right? And uh, I, I just, I hate that. And everybody that advocates for it, in my experience, is like a really heavy-duty drafter that they right. just really want to eke more value out of the draft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now here's something on the other side of this. Um, and, Curtis, you were at this tournament when this happened. We were doing a draft, and they had a rare draft at the end. And we were doing World Wake at the time. Oh and, my gosh! No. Right. So so. <laughs> I know where this is heading. <laughs> right. A Jace gets opened. Right. And th- this is when Jace wasn't worth as much. Right. It's I mean, like I think fifty a foil bucks. Jace, at the time. Yeah, it was like forty, fifty bucks, whatever. So people weren't that big of a deal with it. So a foil Jace shows up, and the guy who drafts it happens to be the guy that is not playing with sleeves. Right. Oh so, gosh. Right. So the whole tournament, he he plays this deck with this Jason there, not playing it with sleeves. So it's getting scratched up. It's getting worn. It's getting this and that, and um, he ends up not winning the tournament. Right. So if somebody wants that, sure, they still get a, a Jace, which is still playable. But it's like you're getting damaged goods, right? And to me, that's just so annoying. Especially like when so... you're going into this, knowing that you're not keeping your cards, it's like you're doing it on purpose. I don't know. Or how many people just swap out the rare? Like, obviously, there's just a ton of opportunity to be dishonest, right? Like, well, about what you rares were, you opened. Yeah. If you remember so, the shop that we were at, they would write down each rare that people opened so they knew they wouldn't swap them out. Because apparently they had this problem before. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> or you could just right. do it the way that the game's meant to be played. Sorry, Cameron. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And this is more than anything of what I want to talk about. I had a good time playing... Um, you know, some limited magic, which I haven't done in a, quite a while now. Um, and there's really nothing interesting to say. It was two packs of Ther or two packs of Born of the Gods, one pack of Theros, which is um, not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, I I mean, it it was a it was a fine fine time. The people there were okay. I didn't really like the shop. I will probably never go back to this shop again. Um, especially doing this entire like give away my card that i mean mm-hmm. in any other instance i bought that card it, it should be mine but whatever dude cameron's been like sitting around raging over this for like two I, days I, I can tell yeah, just yeah, the look I've on been his steaming face steaming and stealing the listeners don't know man gross. but he is he is mad right <laughs> anyway go ahead yeah so, so the, the question is the question is cameron <laughs> you have like the pearly gates of card shops up there, right? Why yeah, do you ever go to yeah. any other shop? <laughs> well, it, it was because it was the holidays, and we were 
out of town, and I was just trying a different shot. And, and no, you were celebrating only... Easter by drafting. <laughs> yeah, it was like, <laughs> Love I, it. do I hang with my in-laws, or do I draft? Of, of course I'm going to pick the latter. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Hi, Cameron's uh, in-laws. I know you listen. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Cameron, anything else to add from this like experience? So can we just talk a little bit about Hearthstone on iPad? Yeah, sure. Dude, is that out? It, it is. came out. Is it, it free? Is, it's yes, free. it's free. It is so good. I, it is so satisfying to play. Like, times 10 on the, the PC. Like, the idea of me just sitting in an airport and being able to play, like, a Magic-esque-like game against another human being is... <clears throat> awesome and like everything about the interface and the ui and how the game operates is great is it better than magic absolutely not like i i despise that i can't block with one of my creatures when they're trying to attack me there's all these like little things that really bug me but they're doing things so correctly with the experience where it's just a satisfying experience in a way that i have not i haven't really found with any other collectible card game on an iPad or anything like even Carcassonne or anything like that on an iPad. Hmm. It's done very well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, none of us have played Soulforge, right? Which is kind of the other digital card oh, game. I haven't, and I should probably check that out before I espouse things like that. But Well, well my, you know my understanding that, is... Go ahead, Dustin. You, you know I'll never play Soulforge because you have to buy digital goods that you can't trade or get rid of, right? Like, whatevs. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know how any of that really works. I mean, I've played enough Hearthstone to know, and I think I said this on Twitter before. The game itself is worse than Magic. Yes, everything that happens in between the games is so much better than Hearthstone. It's kind of alarming than Magic Online or Duel of the Planeswalkers. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a new duels coming out this coming year. We don't know what's going to be different about it. Um, they've obviously uh, they've cut the bandwidth of the workload because they're not making a PlayStation or PlayStation Three or PlayStation Four version. So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that those resources are going, hopefully, to a, a more a better feature set, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the competitive product is like that they release this year. I really would love for Wizards to release a separate app. Okay that is an entire draft experience from an old block, right? Mm-hmm. I realize what I might be asking for is crazy, but let's say uh, triple uh, M10 or Rise of the Eldrazi, right? You have a really contained set of cards, whatever, 300-some-odd cards, and if you program the computer to draft in a certain way, you could just draft single-player or draft online. I mean, mm-hmm. what would you pay for that app? Like, I would pay lots of money, right? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> And I mean, it's that that product, like Rise of the Eldrazi Draft, is just sitting there on a shelf. It's a fully designed, fully finished game that is just sitting there. You would just have to digitize it, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I know that's a difficult process. I know you don't just snap your fingers and hey, it's on the iPad. It's digitized. <laughs> it's digitized. <laughs> I just wave my wand and boom. <clears throat> um, but no, I just that's what I would prefer them to do is like make a separate, more like, hey, you're a competitive player. Here's something you can do. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, because Duel of the Planeswalkers, let's be real, is just a little bit rudimentary for us. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, can I talk about my FNM? 
I'm so Do excited it, to hear about this. Please. So, Dustin, you got to come back into the United States, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what's happening? So, first of all, I had to trade for cards. Okay. Me. <laughs> and it was terrible. Right. It was an awful experience. Okay. Last week, if you would have been on, I would have had you grade my trades, but we don't have time for that this week. <laughs> um, at any rate, so I have some semblance of green-red monsters put together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sleeve it up and show up to my local F&M, and um, I realize my sideboard isn't even finished. I have to buy my sideboard on the spot wow. because I have no Unravel the Ethers. I don't have mm-hmm. any lightning strikes. I've just not drafted Theros block like at all. <laughs> right. Right. So, so anyway, cheapies. I put it together and straight away I'm um matched up against the reanimator deck. Okay. And I grind out a win in turns because this other guy had never played the reanimator deck. Mm-hmm. Um or I should say the dredge deck, right? The night howler right. deck, whatever you want me yeah. to call this yeah. thing. And so he was taking, I mean, forever in turns, right, mm-hmm. just to get. But I, I'm main decking two scavenging oozes of mine, so I just grind out this win. I was like, why wasn't I just playing control? If this is going to go to time every time, I might as well just play control because it's way more fun. Right. And then I learned the true power of green-red monsters over the next three matchups. Let <laughs> me give you the short version. Mm-hmm. Here's a Storm Breath Dragon on turn four. Do you have an answer? No. Look at how dead you are. Next right. game. <laughs> right. Well, don't, I... don't forget when Polycranos comes out, and then you're like, next turn, well, I'll just monstrosity, and then, like, whatever. Yeah, so there's lots of, like, these... I've never... You just punish decks for bad draws and bad design. That's mm-hmm. all that deck does. As soon as they stumble on mana, they're dead. Right. Right? As soon as they go for that third or fourth color in their deck, dead. As soon as they're playing White Weenie, dead. Right? You just crush through these things, and... I thought it was comical. One of my matchups, I played against a control player, right? And I 2 0 him real quickly, and it was all I could do not to just sit around and criticize his sequencing in my brain. Because as a control player, I'm thinking, this is, the, you know, this is what he needs to do. I can see what he's doing, what he needs to do, what he likely has drawn, etc. He right. actually uh, subtracted a Jace. He took the wrong pile. Like, I could go on and on and on. But the point is, it's just like I can't separate myself from that. The only card that I'm really drawn to of that deck is uh, Courser of Crufix. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's a sweet full, card. Full on 180. Full on 180. I was lukewarm on that card. I was like, I don't even know if it's as good as Fanatic Amogus. Remember this, Dustin? Hey, 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 Cameron, did did somebody on this podcast call that? This is where we're at, like that 50%-ish correctness in our, right, our calling. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Dustin, I mean, dude, I will straight rewind the tape. I'm back to our Seder Fire Dancer conversation. Hey, you want that to be a thing. It's a great card. Seder Fire Dancer has not (laughs) rotated out yet. It still has time. It still has time, huh? (laughs) It'll be somebody. You'll see. That's right. Uh, Anyway. Anyway. um, So, Corsair is just like the most fun card to play in that deck. Yes, it is a crappy Oracle of Moldiah, but I think Oracle Moldiah in this standard format would just be crushingly good. Like, way too good. Right. So, um, yeah, so I 5-0 the, the F&M, get my prize money, and Dustin, how do you feel about this? So, I win, like, $22. What's a Vermaz at right now? Uh, 30 I believe. 30-ish. A guy comes up to me, 
And he's like, look, I know that you just split top two, whatever, to get out of mm-hmm. here. He's like, I really, really, really need a scape shift. And mm-hmm. they're in the case for 19 bucks. I will give you a Bramaz if you buy me a scape shift. So I totally did it just straight right. up. <laughs> right. And I know you right. would have nice. squeezed that guy for more value, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're already getting like a ten dollar bonus. How greedy right? do you got to be, right? <laughs> Why is Escape Shift nineteen? I mean, that that seems high. Well, Dude, it's a modern happen. card. Uh, yep. Okay. So I'm gonna play Green Red Monsters next week, mm-hmm. and uh, I you'll find this amusing, Cameron. I didn't have matching basic mountains. <laughs> like I didn't have enough <laughs> basic like matching mountains to play with from Zendikar. That's so that was hilarious. kind of a party foul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never use them. <laughs> oh, that's great. Anyway, let's get out of this segment. Let's come back. We've got the last bit of rare spoilers to talk about. All right, we got a few more spoilers to get through. Dustin, you actually, in a rare case... <laughs> case indeed you went back and listened to the show that you weren't on crazy were there any right? cards that we totally missed on that you totally disagree with um no i think you guys did a decent uh job assessing some of this stuff uh as i told you guys before we started this show that you guys were kind of down on a johnny i'm not saying he's great but i think a hundred point life swing is going to be one of the most annoying things and it will happen probably pretty often we'll see what Ugh. that does right dude his two plus ones are great. Don't get me wrong. Like Those are fine, but no. Cameron, no. I'm going to explain this to you the way Curtis explained this to me years ago. Okay, When you're looking at a Planeswalker, you never look at his ultimate ability for his playability. That's just you know gravy or it's never going to happen, right? You need those small mm-hmm. things. That's what you're going to assess on. I don't know how many Planeswalkers I've played with where I actually have no idea what their ultimate is. Like, for <laughs> example, Jace Bellerin. No yeah. idea. It's draw something. <laughs> you draw cards, I guess. I don't know. You never get there. He does um, something. Yeah, I I do think... I, I just want to touch on uh, Launch the Fleet. I was really bullish on that card. I think it's really good. Where you at right. on that one, Dustin? Um, okay, so I'm not just on Launch the Fleet. I like Launch the Fleet and Satessan Tactics. Um, the Strive mechanic itself seems really powerful, and... The reason that I'm that I'm like so gung ho on Strive right now is there's monocolor decks out there, and we have Nykthos, right? Mm-hmm. So if you needed to pull the Strive off, you just boom tap your Nykthos and you Strive every single guy out there. Yeah, it, yeah, it just I, I think seems really good. Nykthos is probably a really good pickup too right now, right? Like I, I've yes. been grabbing every single one I can find. I mean, it just seems yeah. right. They're still relatively cheap around like, you know, between like eight and ten bucks. I think that it has a little bit of room to grow if, you know, the strive does become a thing. I mean, they might go up to twelve, fifteens again. Um it's hard the to new say. But... Default? <laughs> no. No, I'm, I don't think I'm it'll good. get that far. Let's not get dust on the record about Mutavault. People are always mm-hmm. already busting shops about that. Right. I do also want to mention I did say I really like Hydra Broodmaster. I still do, and I mentioned it might be the most playable Hydra ever printed. I totally forgot Polychronus. And Cameron, you didn't correct me. None of our listeners corrected me. I don't yeah. know what that says. Yeah. I don't know what that says. It means nobody knows that Polychronus is a Hydra. 
Well, you don't think of them that way. <laughs> Whatever. I was thinking of like Colonian Hydra and all these guys. So anyway, um, I want to talk about um, deicide, which mm. I don't know how many times will get mispronounced as decide, right? <laughs> deicide. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one and then you know get you guys' thoughts on it. Do it, man. So it's one and a white for an instant exile target enchantment. If, it, if the exile card is a god card... You get to surgically extract it, basically. You search everything mm-hmm. with that same name and just exile it all. So, Dustin. Yes. Should I be buying these right away at pre-release price, or should I wait? You know, that's a tough call. Um, I would at least pick up a couple, maybe two, maybe three for sideboard. Um, what are they going for right now is the question, right? I think Four it's five. Four on Star City. Four, five, really? four, four, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'd probably pick up two just to be on the safe side. But the thing that I keep seeing is a lot of the decks that are playing gods now aren't necessarily playing four ofs unless it's like mono blue, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it could just end up being a one for one card uh, instead of a one for four. That In being theory, said, one for four, right? Right, and and. With a lot of the gold gods coming out, uh, or having more gold gods, if people decide to do three color, I mean, it's probably going to be a mix and match. It won't be, you know, four and four. Keep in mind, though, keep in mind, this is an instant that exiles target enchantment. So, like, ignore the rest of the text, though. Right, that hits right. Underworld connections, detention sphere, everything else does that in white is its sorcery speed. Oh, right, okay, so okay, it's well, just well, straight up better than Revoke. This is, this is what I'm yeah. looking at. So you're saying it's Exile, Target, Enchantment, yes. Um, the only one that really needs to be Exiled is Gods because they're indestructible, right? There's not mm-hmm. a lot of return enchantment back from your graveyard right now. So, I mean, what's wrong with using something like Sundering Growth, which targets enchantments or artifacts and still costs two? And it, it destroys... I want to get of, everything. I want to get it all. I want to get a god when I need to get a god. I want to get mm-hmm. uh, underground uh, underground connection, underworld connections. Right. I mean, I main deck. I have at least not currently, but in my blue white version, one revoke existence just main deck. It's just in there. Right. Yeah. But but so, you know what this doesn't hit, right? This doesn't hit godsend, right? I mean, what are you going to do about that when you take all your artifact removal out for the enchantment only? I'm not removal. worried about godsend. I'll, I'll counter it. Whatever. Cameron, what you got on this one, man? <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting right with you, Curtis. Um, I I really like this. This seems like the answer to having like a revoke existence. Honestly, um, I mean, honestly, you're still being able to exile the enchantment, and I mean to be able to get rid of a Fassa or, in some cases, like an Erebos. Thank you, please. I want to get rid of those as soon as possible. All right, so let's move on. Dustin, because you've been gone so long, I want you to read Prophetic Flame Speaker. All right, so Prophetic Flame Speaker, <laughs> two red, one colorless for a 1-3 human shaman. He's got double strike and trample. Uh, whenever Prophetic Flame Speaker deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. So this guy, I think he's awesome, right? Um yeah, he's only a 1-3, so that whole trample thing, whatever, right? Um, right. But he he's just kind of like Chandra Pyromaster, right? I mean, everybody loved her because you had that extra card that you could play, right? Um, I think that Chandra's going to get reprinted uh, in M15, 
So pretty likely. It'd be it'd be yeah. awesome to have two abilities, right? I mean, you're not always going to have Chandra out, so you have this as a backup, right? He can easily get through because um, you've got ways to, you know, like bolt other guys that are blocking him, and then the double strike would still hit, right? So, no, if the, if the uh, he's blocked, then he's blocked. The damage doesn't get through. No, it does because he's got trample. I apologize. Right. Yes, you're correct. So, so plaw. Cameron, where you at on this? I see him having a little synergy with uh, Uri- was it Uros? Ur- Urius, the the red white god, um, where your creatures can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I see him maybe fitting into some sort of deck with like that red white, um, maybe mid range aggro sort of thing. I I guess I'm having trouble understanding what he's going to do <laughs> right like at three mana i'm going to swing in and best case scenario you do not block right mm-hmm. i see two cards off the top of your deck that i could potentially play but if they're different colors it doesn't matter okay so i'm definitely thinking this guy in mono red i'm not seeing this guy in a collaboration okay so he's just straight up mono red so wouldn't you always rather have Chandra's Phoenix? I guess we don't know that that's coming back, right? Right. But I, I guess I'm just having trouble seeing the utility. Now, I will say, you know, the, um, the Spectre that's currently in Standard, I'm brain farting so hard I can't remember his name. Are you talking the, Night um, Vell Spectre? Night Vell Spectre, thank you. I didn't think that guy was that great either, right? Right. Um, until I saw him play in that block constructed. And this is a very similar effect. Sure. Um, but I just, I'm having trouble with this one, guys. And again, I'll fully admit that maybe it's those two red mana symbols in the upper right hand corner that are right. you know, <laughs> making me think that it's nothing, but I think it's nothing. I guess I don't I don't understand what the, the net positive I'm gonna get out of this. You know, and I think of red deck as something that wants to kill you <clears throat> now. Right. So I mean in maybe December th- of twenty fifteen, you'll find the full potential of this card and Seder Fire Dancer. <laughs> probably in the same deck, right? They're probably in the same deck. Wait for it. Doing nothing. Dying to wrath effects. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right, Cameron. Our other god, Farika. Why don't you yeah, talk got, about that one? Uh, Farika. You love god reading a, the god cards. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Farika, god of affliction. It costs one black and green. It's a god, legendary enchantment, indestructible. Uh, he has a 5-5 five, five power and toughness. He's indestructible. Um, he's a creature when your devotion is seven or greater, and he is has this little text: pay black and a green exile target creature card from a graveyard. Its owner puts a one-one black and green snake enchantment creature token with death touch onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I like this. I mean, just having like a little death touch defense gate going on while you're trying to get out maybe some of like the heavier hitters seems interesting but i just don't know with black and green like where's that deck at right now or is there going to be a big deck coming up maybe you know post rotation well i mean that's the dredge deck right Mm mm-hmm that's okay, the lol yeah. troll night howler all that stuff and yeah i mean i don't know that that this card is that good in that deck right yeah yeah right now what I mean, i'm it's seeing okay. 
is I just don't like this guy, right? So if I'm playing black and green right now, I'm going to have Deathrite Shaman or I'm going to have Scavenging Ooze anyway, right? It's going to be exiling right. guys. Exactly. The other thing is, Cameron, you were talking about having this little like fence of Death Touch guys to block their guys. If you're already playing black, you've got Doomblade, Ultimate Price, all the stuff. You should just be killing their guys, right? Sure. You shouldn't be having a standoff. Um, I don't like, know. I, and a ton of those pieces are going to be missing, right? Like you're going to lose Lol Troll. You're going to lose the uh, the Jared guy. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is just going to be rotating. Grizzly Salvage. So, I mean, maybe we are just absolutely missing something here, but this card does not look good to me, like at all. Right. The at only all. thing I can say is that the the three casting cost is super cheap for a god. I I like that a lot. Um, right, but yeah. the black one, white one's way better, right? Like we can. Oh agree yeah, on that. Right. yeah, hands down. I would take the if they're both given to me in a in a pack. I would probably take the black white one if I had to. Right. I also feel like we're we're getting um, like shorthanded on this one because pretty much every other god, when you look at him, he's kind of got like two abilities, right? And this is just like right. one that you have to like activate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have a static ability that's just constantly going for you. Which is obnoxious. Anyway, uh, Dustin, you wanted to talk about Master of the Feast. Yes, sir. Let's see here. So are you still hoping to live the dream of the Black Red God with this guy? Is that the idea? <laughs> of course, right? I still like Mogus, even though he's not being played, right? Uh, let's see, Master of the Feast. So he's two black, one colorless for a 5-5 five, five demon. He's got flying... At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent draws a card, right? So the drawing of a card for your opponent is a big, big deal, right? right. But also having a 5-5 five, five flying out on turn 3, or even possibly turn 2, say you're doing like a, a green-black or something, is pretty amazing as well, right? Agreed. Um, that being yeah. said, he would obviously be played alongside Herald of Torment, and you just throw Herald of Torment on there, make him even bigger, Right. I don't know. I think it's just, it's really quick. Um, it would all depend on um, what color of deck you're playing against <laughs> as to whether or not that extra card is really going to mess you up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like, again, if you're playing against a control deck, that's a nightmare, right? right. To give them an extra card. Right. Because um, we're not talking against... Goblin Guide speed, right? Right. Like, it's not that fast. So you really would have to work to be building something quickly. Now, that being said, some of these other aggro decks, right, giving them an extra card, they're still going to be kind of congested in their early turns anyway. Mm-hmm. So, And they might not be able to deal with the flyer. So I, I think this guy might actually be decent in certain matchups. I mean, he's certainly not Desecration Demon. But right, yeah. He does a decent enough imitation. Right. Um, Cameron, what do you think of him? Yeah, just too much of a die roll for me. I mean, the 5-5 five five is great on turn three, but... Yeah, if I'm playing against a blue-white control, I this is the last thing I want to see in my deck. It's going to be sideboarded out for sure. Right. Here, let me help you find those verdicts. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, last card I really wanted to cover um, today was Mana Confluence. Blech. So here's the thing. Mana Confluence is City of Brass. However... It's worded to where you say pay one life rather than when it becomes tapped, right? Right. So obviously a lot of people pointed out for eternal format players, it's uh, half a percentage, whatever, better in the decks that play City of Brass already. Being 
uh, Big Storm, uh, you know, Dredge, <laughs> these kind of decks because, uh, Cameron, you don't know this, but there are cards that you can use to tap down your opponent's lands, right? Okay. And so if someone taps your City of Brass, you're taking damage. Um, you, ta- you have to take a damage. Right. Where in this card, you don't have to, okay? Sure, okay. So where really, really small corner case difference. So I will but say it this does happen. about Mana Confluence. The picture is really cool, and I bet you in foil it just shines, man. That blue-red is really, really sweet. I mean, the, the forefront there, yeah, for There's, sure. So this thing is pre-ordering at like 20 bucks. I know. And that's really hard to swallow for a thing that is basically a reprint mm-hmm. <laughs> of a card we've gotten many times, so that kind of sucks, right? Right. Now, but I do want to mention that <clears throat> there are certain decks... For example, if you're playing a three-color aggro deck, the mana confluence really helps you out. Right. It really makes the deck a lot better. So, for example, you know, Naya, right? Sure. If you're trying to play Voice of Resurgence along with Corsair Crew Fix or whatever, right? Um, that's a, it's a real tough thing <laughs> to do once you're adding red with like a green-white casting cost. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really provided the mana to support that. Too many of those lands come into play tapped, and you might just lose to some idiot playing green-red monsters like me, right? <laughs> right. Um, mana Confluence helps, but guys, don't pretend like this point of damage doesn't matter in this format. That's the thing that I'm, I'm really thinking people are overhyping. Yes, life is something you can use as a resource, and it's very easy to kind of just overblow losing one life. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, drawing two Mana Confluences when you're playing against Mono Blue or Mono Black across the board... Yeah. Does matter. Like right. that will, you know, give you some pause. So unless you're a fast, fast aggro deck that's three colors, which to my knowledge there's what? One of those in the format right now. Right. Like if you're a control deck, you're just not gonna play mana confluence. You're not. So yeah. I'm lukewarm, but that's about it. Well what do you guys think of this thing? What I'm seeing with this thing is um foils will be worth money, right? I mean, like you said, it could replace City Brass in older formats. Um, but getting deep into these in standard at 20 bucks a piece just seems way wrong. It just seems way expensive. Um, I think after rotation, the non-foils will drop drastically. Um, also, with this coming out, we don't know if there's going to be new decks, right, that surface. Right. And we've got the, um, the Shocklands, the Guild Gates, and we have this, so it's very viable to do three-color. Right, and that being sure. said, red can easily sideboard back in Burning Earth. I mean, when Burning yeah. Earth was doing its thing, it was making huge swings, right? And with all this possibility, it could definitely come back. Hmm. Cameron, have you ever played against or with the City of Brass? No, I haven't. Um, I'm familiar with the card, and yeah, like you said, this is maybe. A little bit better, but it's, um, it, it is better. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, if I'm uh, in a couple of weeks here when I'm doing my sealed event, uh, if I draw this card, I'm definitely going to be selling it as soon as possible just because, I mean. <clears throat> Send it my way. Don't sell it. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I won't sell it. I'll <laughs> be sending guy. it to Dustin's way. Yes, yes. Yes. So come back to the country, Dustin, so I don't have to trade <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Tired of it. Right? It's the worst. It's the worst. All right. So, hey, next week, um, we're not going to be talking about spoilers, right? We're going to be getting ready for the pre-release and all those other things. 
Uh, but next week we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming and we will have Cameron become a spike once again. <laughs> However, today we're out of time. So, Dustin, if someone wants to get a hold of you, they got to fly to Japan, correct? Correct. And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Everybody should come here once. Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you, what do they do? Uh, at Cameron underscore McCoy on Twitter. I am at Curtis now. And our show official feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. Uh, we will check you guys next week. <laughs>